So this feast day of Saints Peter and Paul, uh, I think if you look at both of these characters, you look at both Saint Peter and Saint Paul, um, they would not have been, they should not really have been the Lord's first choice uh, for anything, really. Um, I mean, Saint, Saint Peter, when you just when you consider what the, the, these two had to do, when you consider the amount of responsibility they were going to have, when you consider what was about to be placed on their shoulders, surely you'd want people who were capable in, like, exceptional, exceptional in practically every way. Because, you, like, this, the, the message is just so, so critical and important. And it's important that, that, that the message is transmitted faithfully with a coherent way of life by people who have shown themselves to be faithful, have shown themselves to be loving and caring and excelling in practically every virtue. Surely, surely you'd want to choose people who were far more capable than Peter and Paul. No offence to them. I will meet them hopefully one day. They're going to remind me of this. Um, it ends, the story ends well, the story ends well, the story ends well. So, we've got St. Peter. St. Peter, fisherman, therefore probably uneducated, so uh, kind of a bit rough on the edges, but whatever about his background or education, uh, he so often shows himself to be, um, how should I say this, well, impetuous, uh, a bit stormy, a bit kind of, oh, on the outside, let's see, oh, Lord, let's go to Jerusalem, I'll die with you, I'll die with you. Um, before the cock crows three times, you'd have denied you even know me. Never mind, die for me. Uh, when today's gospel then uh, is, is balanced very, very quickly uh, with Peter professing, yes, you are the Christ, son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Simon, the son of John. For it was not flesh and blood that revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. Whatever you consider bound, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, whatever you consider bound on earth should be considered bound in heaven, whatever you consider loose on earth should be considered loose in heaven. Okay, a couple of lines later, Lord, you shall not go to Jerusalem. You should not go to Jerusalem, you should not, because it's too dangerous. Get behind me, Satan. Within a couple of lines. Okay, so, so we've got this, this Peter guy who has good intentions. He does. I mean, he does. He does have good intentions. He does want to follow the Lord. He does want to be faithful to the Lord. But in practice... He, uh, he gets it wrong. And scripture doesn't hide that, and I love that. Scripture does not hide the fact that Peter <coughs> doesn't get everything right. And why is that important? Okay, let's jump briefly to Paul, because I think, I think the, 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 the reason for this is common to both. You've got Paul, who is very, very different to St. Peter. St. Paul, who's very well educated, uh, very zealous, very knowledgeable of scripture, how we would call the Old Testament, the law, the law and the prophets. A Pharisee, uh, so well able, well versed in, in oratory and, and uh, rhetoric and uh, preaching and teaching. That would have been no problem to him. When presented with this story uh, that, that Jesus is supposed to be the Messiah who died and rose, he rejects it and starts persecuting the church. Now, all of this would have been drilled into his mind and memory. On the road to Damascus then, when he hears the Lord's words saying, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? And then there are such scales over his eyes, also symbolic, if you will, of, of how he had been living a life 
not really knowing the Lord, blinded by his own, maybe, pride, goes into the city, meets a Christian community. They're scared to death of him. They think they're going to kill him. They think he's going to kill them. Um, and then afterwards, he spends in around two years, more or less as a, as, as a hermit. He goes to, off to uh, Arabia. And there we can imagine, we can imagine what happened there. Reading over scripture again, seeing how Jesus was in fact the Messiah. And then, of course, I would imagine the Lord working in his heart personally. Keep in mind, um, this is it's like a two-year crash course in, uh, in, in Christianity, in how everything that the Old Testament was waiting for is now fulfilled in Christ. And again, it's important that Paul understands this because he's going to have to do an awful lot of missionary activity. So, to, to pull this whole thing together, why Peter and Paul? Why men who were, who were flawed? Why men who weren't better educated or, or weren't maybe more prepared in the eyes of the world for such an important mission? I think what's absolutely key in the reason that God chose Peter and Paul was because they were flawed, they recognized their own littleness. Because they recognized their own littleness, they were able to be humble. I think it's humility. I think it's for that reason that they were chosen. Not because they were so good, but because being average, if I'm allowed to say that, and then recognizing that they had failed in different ways, Peter denying Jesus, Peter not standing by the Lord, Peter having all these wonderful ideas but not really delivering on them, and then Paul persecuting the church. Why are you persecuting me? I can imagine those words that have never left his memory. So the, both of them had had experiences that I think would have made them, while very capable, yes, profoundly humble, profoundly humble. They say love co covers a multitude of ills or love co covers a multitude of sins even. But if one has, has love but doesn't have humility, you can imagine like you can be very loving, but somehow if you're arrogant, it just ruins everything. Yeah, a, lack of, a lack of humility ruins, every, no matter what other virtues you have, that's why they call humility the, the mother of all virtues. No matter what other virtues you have, if you're not humble, it just ruins all of them. You could be a wonderful preacher, but if you're arrogant, no one will listen to you. No one should listen. Well, it just, it just, it just it completely tarnishes the message. If you're very generous, but kind of like being seen to be generous, you know, it's just, it just, just wrecks everything if you, if without humility. So I think that's why Peter and Paul uh, are perfect for what the Lord wanted of them. He chose men who were imperfect. Why? Firstly, to show that the message comes from God, and secondly, because then the messengers themselves will be humble, because they will know what, they will know what they're capable of, and I mean that negatively. If we know, I'm actually, I'm actually capable of really messing this up. I'm capable of actually, I'm capable of sin. I'm capable of infidelity. I'm capable of cowardice. Uh, I'm capable of just being a bit self-absorbed. I'm capable of that. But Lord, you have still given me this message. So Lord, help me not to mess it up. Help me not to get in your way. Help me to be your mouth and your eyes and your consoling hands and feet. Help me, Lord, just not to tarnish your message, your gospel. And that's why 
they can become such great saints. Yes, they did have natural abilities that were helpful, but far more helpful was their love for the Lord and the humility with which they lived that out. So, that's a nice little story. What about you and I? That's where it comes back to. These, we don't read these stories or hear about these things or celebrate these feasts uh, just to have uh, an excuse for an ice cream after dinner. We do these things because the saints should be an example to you and I. They should be an example to us. So we're called. We're imperfect. Hopefully, 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 we do have a certain love for the Lord, yes. But when that's lived out in humility, and humility is just the recognition of truth, it's the recognition of how great God is, how little I am, it's a recognition of my, my need for God because of my inability. So when that love for the Lord is lived out in humility, then <clears throat> nothing short, nothing short of miraculous things can happen. Miraculous conversions, miraculous changes of heart, even within ourselves, <coughs> to discover peace, to discover an ability to love which goes beyond our human ability, to love those who we don't find it easy to love, to forgive those who we don't find it easy to forgive, to be joyful when you'd rather just be alone, <laughs> to be uh, giving even though you don't feel like you have much to give at all. So this love for the Lord lived out in humility makes us capable of far more than we on our own could ever have accomplished. Because when we're empty of ourselves, then we can be filled with God. St. Augustine wrote, It was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes men as angels. It was pride that changed angels to devils. It's humility that makes men as angels. And St. Faustina wrote, in her diary, the soul's true greatness is in loving God and in humbling oneself in his presence, completely forgetting oneself and believing oneself to be nothing. Because the Lord is great, but he is well pleased only with the humble. So we ask the Lord today as we look at these great pillars of the church, Saints Peter and Paul, may we imitate them not just we, we, we won't be writing scripture we won't be doing great missionary trips uh, as, as they did we probably won't be asked to testify to the Lord by giving our lives in martyrdom probably not but what we can do what we can, can emulate what we can uh, live in our lives is that profound love for the Lord lived out in daily humility recognizing our own littleness, our own inability, and even holding on, if you will, to a healthy, healthy understanding of our own weakness. Again, that this isn't beating ourselves up or anything, but just to recognize, Lord, without you, I'm actually capable of really getting this wrong. So, grant us, Lord, humility, humility of heart, that we might continue the mission of the greats, the great saint, the great saints, Peter and Paul. Amen.
Dear brothers and sisters, I'd just like to thank you all so much for joining us for uh, the various homilies on YouTube or Spotify or wherever else uh, you watched or listened to us here in Holy Family. It's a great privilege to be able to uh, reach uh, so many people from our humble little chapel here in Waterford. Uh, we'd like to announce, though, a, a way that maybe you can help us. Uh, we've noticed over the last couple of years the great need for youth ministry and men's ministry in this country. And rather than just cursing the darkness, we want to light a candle. Uh, like Holy Family was just so providential in the way the Lord set it up, uh, we really feel called to set up something uh, to deal with the issue of men's ministry and youth ministry here in this country. So many men who finish with various prayer groups or youth initiatives, and then in their mid-20s, 30s, there's nothing for them or there's very little for them or there are little pockets of youth ministry around the country but they're relatively small so what if we could bring them all together what if there was a place where there could be monthly men's ministry that men from all around the country could come and learn how to be men of faith learn how to be fathers of faith uh, learn how to to uh, to live in this fairly complicated world uh, as men who follow the lord so we'd greatly greatly appreciate uh, your help in making the vision that we have for men's ministry in this country a real uh, a reality. So we bought a six acres of the forest up behind the house here and we hope to build, we have plans to build a fairly large uh, centre uh, which we are intensively calling uh, Domus Patris at the moment, the house of the father. Uh, so we're building that uh, with the help of God soon. We've had the preliminary uh, meetings with the local council and that. So uh, we just have to fundraise. Uh, we just have to fundraise for it. So if you would like to help us, we would be greatly, greatly appreciative of it. If you haven't got the, the, the financial means, please, please pray for us. All the help that we can get from your, your good selves is necessary and greatly appreciated. Uh, so if you wanted to, to donate, you can go to holyfamilymission.ie and there's a donate tab there, a little donate button. And we'd be greatly, greatly appreciative of anything that you can give towards uh, this, this wonderful initiative, which we know will bear great fruit. So thank you so much in advance for all of your help, and God bless you.